Welcome to the Teaching Behavior Together podcast, where I provide you with actionable steps for making your classroom management plan effective by incorporating behavioral and social-emotional learning activities into your daily teaching. Hi, I'm Maria, and I have 10 years experience in the field of behavior analysis. In each episode, I will be providing you with effective and evidence-based strategies you can use to create a classroom environment you want to go to each morning. No longer will you be driving home in tears over the overwhelming feeling of trying to manage student behaviors. So sit back, listen up, and start seeing success. Hi everyone, welcome to this episode of the Teaching Behavior Together podcast. I'm so glad you came back for another episode. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about positive parent communication and strategies for implementing this practice in your classroom without becoming overwhelmed. Now, I know what you're probably thinking. How does positive parent communication have anything to do with behavioral and social-emotional learning in my classroom? Well, just like we have to build strong relationships with our students, we want to make sure that we're also building strong relationships with our parents as well. So let's get right into it. If you're listening to this in May 2020, you know that we're not teaching in our schools, but doing distance learning for the most part. I've been seeing a lot of teachers talk about how they've been able to connect with families more during this time and how that's positively impacted their teaching. We know homeschool collaboration is so important. A lot of the research tells us that good homeschool collaboration really does increase student success. And right now, there's a whole new meaning to homeschool collaboration. So I thought it'd be helpful to talk about some steps we can take for the rest of this year, as well as what we can do to plan for next year to increase homeschool collaboration and help bolster our relationship with parents and families. I know we're almost done with this year, and with this new way of teaching, there are a couple of things you can do now to continue positively communicating with students and parents. You can still send home positive parent notes, and right now you can include a note to the student as well as to the parent. Students love getting mail, and this can be a really simple way to connect with students and put a smile on their face. I know right now parents are getting a lot of emails, and depending on what your district is doing, they might be getting phone calls and text messages as well with different automated messages, or you might be texting them directly. So right now, snail mail might be the way to go because what I've heard from a lot of parents is that they're completely overwhelmed with the amount of communication that is coming from the school. Multiple emails a day, possibly multiple phone calls a day, especially if they have multiple siblings in the household, which can be very overwhelming. Think about when you go to work and your inbox is totally full. I know that that creates a lot of anxiety for me and can create a lot of anxiety for our families as well. So getting a nice note in the mail might be just something to brighten their day because we can't put it in folders to send home or give it to the kid to give to the parent. So I think kids would really love it if you sent home a nice little note in the mail to them, praising them for whatever they're doing in distance learning right now that is positive and you see increasing their success as a student and it can go a long way with the parents as well. So I'd really encourage you to try doing that at least once for the rest of the year. Now, it is almost the end of the year and it's never too early to start planning for next year. If you are a new teacher or a veteran teacher, maybe even a student teacher, you'll know that things run really well in classrooms if you have a really solid strategy for whatever you are doing is being carried out. 
Think about your morning meeting. You probably have a very systematic way of doing that and a plan for how you attack morning meeting each day. Anything that runs well in a classroom has a very strong strategy and plan in place for it to run that way. And I would argue that you need a positive parent communication plan in order for you to be able to carry out positive parent communication consistently throughout the year. Now, if you don't have a positive parent communication plan right now, that's totally okay. We are going to make one today together that allow you to be successful next year in increasing your positive parent communication and increasing those relationships with families. Most of the time, this is not something that's emphasized in our teacher prep programs, so let's emphasize it now. You're going to hear me talk about in the future a concept called the 4 to 1 reinforcement ratio. The premise of this concept is that we provide more reinforcement or praise to every directive or corrective statement that we give. The ratio recommends four praise statements to every one directive or corrective statement. Now, this is really hard to do, but we're going to talk about it more in a future episode. This ratio is great for reinforcing behavior, but it's also great for building relationships. No student wants to hear their name over and over if they're being directed or corrected and never anything positive attached to their name. This is also the same for parents. No parent wants to get a phone call or an email when you tell them about their child's behavior in some capacity, but never hear anything positive about what their child is doing in the classroom. We want to make sure we have a system and a process in place so that we can provide parent communication that's positive to all of our parents throughout the year. Think about and planning out our system for next year is going to be so much more beneficial when we start the year. So that's why for the next couple of episodes and for the episodes that I have ready for you guys to go for the summer, we're really going to be talking about things that you can start planning right now that's going to help the start of next year go so much smoother. All right, so I recommend starting off the year with a lot of parent communication. The first thing I would recommend is sending home a letter telling the parents about yourself and about your classroom. The first ingredient to a really strong relationship is building trust. And you build trust by letting people know who you are and what your classroom is all about. I also recommend making available your contact information so any correspondence the parent wants to have with you that's easily accessible. So anytime you send a letter home or anything from your classroom, I recommend having somewhere on that letter your email and possibly your classroom phone number if that's something that your district does. This helps with starting to build a relationship right away. We don't know what a parent's experience was prior to their child being in your classroom. So we wanna make sure that we're putting a little extra effort at the beginning of the year to start off our positive communication and building that relationship. It is so, so important to build relationships with parents as well as students right from the beginning. Another strategy you might wanna incorporate right from the start of the year is making sure you're contacting all parents and guardians that you are able to contact. So we know that some of our families have parents that live in separate homes. So you wanna make sure that you're checking your records to see if you can contact both parents and you wanna make sure that you are contacting both so that there are open lines of communication right away, right from the start. During the first month of school, I would try and send home a short letter to parents about something that you learned about their child outside of academics. This way, parents know that you're learning about their student and that you're building a relationship with their student. It's also helpful for the student as well to know that you're learning something about them. Sending these home can be somewhat overwhelming, so you might want to send home a couple each day so it's not overwhelming. 
Maybe spend the first five minutes of your planning period writing home some of these letters and then sending them home at the end of the day. This can maybe take two weeks to get through your entire class. So you're not spending a ton of time doing it every single day. You're not spending hours after school sending home these letters, but you're just sending home a couple each day to the students and you can do this on a rotating basis, which might even be easier for you. Again, you're gonna be developing this plan over time, something that's working for you and that's feasible for you. Now, as the school year progresses, I would start sending home little accomplishment cards with each of your students. These accomplishment cards can be super easy for you to make, something that you can just make in Word, super easy that you can print off and have ready to go whenever you need to send them home. Or you can check out my Teachers Pay Teachers store. It's just teaching behavior together. I do have a parent communication resource that has a bunch of templates for quick and easy letters to send home as well as accomplishment cards or even things to send home in the mail as well. But what these accomplishment cards can do is serve two functions. They would serve positive reinforcement in the form of praise for the student, right? And as a bonus, this allows you to make a positive contact home with the parents. Again, this builds trust with families and allows you to continue to build that trust. I know I keep saying this, but it's so important. If you have a solid trust foundation in a relationship, it really helps if you ever have to call home to the parents to discuss any type of behavioral concern that occurred in your classroom. Just like the notes we talked about sending home during the first month, if you rotate between students each day, it can make this more feasible for you to do in your classroom. It can also help you focus on sending something positive home about each student. It would be a great goal to send home a positive note to each family at least once a month. We know that students who are usually engaging in appropriate behavior in school don't get recognized for it often. We almost think that because they're engaging in appropriate behavior each day, we don't need to provide praise or let their parents know. Well, every student and every parent likes to hear when they're doing well. Remember, we talked about that reinforcement ratio where we have four positive statements to one corrective statement. Every student likes to get that positive praise from their teachers, and it's even a bonus when parents know that their students are accomplishing so much in your classroom. On the flip side of that, for kids who struggle with their behaviors inside of our classroom, they rarely receive positive notes or praise from us because we're so focused on those behaviors that are concerning. See the pattern? Teachers have so many things to juggle and positive parent communication often is at the bottom or does not even make it on the list. So let's keep going with some more solutions and plans. So here's another strategy. We know that not everything makes it out of the book bag every night, at least reliably with younger students, right? So possibly making a schedule of phone calls that you can make each week for some different parents in your classroom. So again, making that rotating schedule where you are calling certain parents each night to just say something positive about their child, leave a message or something along those lines so that they hear something that their child is doing really well or maybe an accomplishment or some sort of success that they had in your classroom that week. So let's think about this. If you have a schedule, you will one, make sure you contact all of your parents, and two, make sure you're recognizing appropriate behavior in your classroom and not just the behavior you don't wanna see. This also allows you to have positive contact with the parents each month. You can use this strategy with email too if it's faster. The key is to take these recommendations and pick ones that are going to work for you. Now we know there will be times that you possibly have to call a parent home to discuss a behavior that occurred in your classroom. So let's talk about some strategies if that ever does happen in your classroom. 
When you are making contact, make sure you have a little bit of time just to talk to the parent about how their day is. Those basic pleasantries can go a long way. When you do bring up the incident, stick to the facts and make sure your language is very neutral. Use words that are not emotionally charged and avoid calling parents right after the incident if you're still upset about it. Don't get me wrong, at times we deal with some hard behaviors and it's important to avoid calling parents right after the incident if you're still upset. It's never a good idea to communicate with others when you're upset because it will be hard not to use emotionally charged language. And what I mean by emotionally charged language is language that is unnecessary to explain the situation. So for example, the word stole has a certain connotation that is different from the word took. They both mean the same thing, but the connotation is different and when we are emotional, we might use words that exaggerate the incident because we're upset. Hey, we're human and we make mistakes, but relationships with families are so important, don't risk being upset and calling the parent and saying things out of emotion that you might regret later. You might also wanna write out the incident because that takes time and will give you a time to calm yourself if you are upset before calling the parent. I would also recommend telling the parent the actions you took with the student to teach them about appropriate choices they can engage in the next time they are in that situation that is similar in how you're going to support their child in the future to make those decisions. You don't wanna get on the phone and tell a parent what their kid did and just leave it at that. You wanna make sure you're telling the parent what you're gonna do to help the student make better choices and what you're gonna do to support their student in developing skills because parents can use that information too to help support the student in the home. Plus, parent communication aside, you should have a plan for how you're gonna teach skills to students that need that extra skill building practice. If a child is engaging in behavior that is not appropriate for the school setting, they might be lagging skills or explicit instruction on some skills that would allow them to engage in appropriate behavior. I know we don't typically think of this step and we focus more on how we're going to provide a consequence for the situation, but as you'll hear in future episodes, in reality, what we really want to be doing is building skills and reinforcing those skills than focusing on consequences of our behavior. So for example, say you have to call a parent and tell them that their child took another child's turn during a game. So you might want to say, hey, I just wanted to let you know that when your child was playing a game with a couple of other students, they weren't letting the other students have a turn and they just kept taking everyone else's turn. So again, we're using the word take and took as opposed to stealing. They stole another child's turn because that has that certain connotation that we don't want to convey to parents, right? And then you can say, I'm actually going to have your child work with me and a couple of other students tomorrow during a small group, and we're going to be playing a game, and we're going to all be taking turns, and I'm going to help your child with that turn-taking process. You know, at home, if you have other siblings, it might be really helpful if you also talk about turn-taking and do some activities where you have to take turns as a family so that we help reinforce this in the home as well. That conversation is so much different than if you were just going to call a parent and say, hey, you know, your child was playing a game with other kids during recess and they were taking everyone's turn. All right, gotta go. You know, that doesn't leave the parent with a whole lot of choices or any support in how that they can help support their child in the home with building that turn-taking skill. 
Again, these are just some guidelines or strategies that I know can be really effective for you and can be really feasible for you. So if you take whatever works for you out of this episode and start implementing it next year and start creating your positive parent communication plan, it can be really effective at building those relationships with families because again building trust in a strong foundation with a family can go a long way if you do ever have to call home and talk about their child's behavior in your classroom. I don't think I can emphasize enough how important that is and how important that can be to really helping develop a plan if you do have to develop a plan for supporting a student who might need a little bit extra practice with some different skills that increase their appropriate behavior in your classroom. All right, guys, that's all I have for you today. So I hope this was helpful. I do want to let you know that I will be doing a Q&A episode coming up pretty quickly, probably by the end of May. So if you do have questions that you would like me to answer, please go over to my Instagram at Teaching Behavior Together and send me a message so that I can answer your question on that upcoming Q&A episode. I also wanted to let you guys know that over the next couple of weeks, we are going to be focusing on building a strong classroom management plan for next year. So starting towards the end of May and into June and July, all of the episodes are going to be focused on building your classroom management plan from start to finish. So I really want to take your classroom management plan, break it down to the smallest steps, build it back up into something that is effective for your classroom together. So that's why I developed a classroom management series of episodes that really talk about all of the essential components you need for a strong classroom management plan. And we're going to walk through it step by step together. And I'm so excited about that because those are the questions I get the most is about classroom management and specific behaviors. So we're going to be taking that together step by step. And I'm hopeful that that is going to be really beneficial to you and starting to think about how you are going to structure your classroom management for next year. All right. So also please subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss out on any of the episodes. And it would really mean a lot to me if you rated and left a review of this podcast so that more people can find the podcast. Also, if you haven't already, go over to my website, teachingbehaviortogether.com and subscribe to my email list because you'll receive monthly emails with tips and strategies as well as monthly freebies. All right, guys, have a good rest of your day.